This is a Real Footy Podcast trade period special. Hello and welcome. My name is Michael Gleeson and joining me to wrap the fourth day of trade period is Peter, King of Cario. Ryan, very excited is... to be here with you, Big M. Big M, I don't know where this is coming from. I don't think it's caught on. Either. You're the only person that says it. But anyway, yeah. Groundhog Day really, isn't it? It's the... This is the dredgy kind yeah, of grind, grind part of trade period where there hasn't been many deals go through today, but there's a lot happening. But we will try and make it interesting for Correct. you, even though that is... No, no, we don't <laughs> want to undersell it. It's exciting. <laughs> so there's a little bit, there's there's more talk than action, a bit like um, my dance floor moves. Um, what have we had so far today? Josh Corbett uh, going to the Dockers for a future fourth rounder. That's the, that's the, the big ticket item of the, of the this, day. This is a kind of a 2021 trade period move rather yeah. than a 2022 trade period move. Josh Corbett, good luck to him. They want him to be a hit up forward apparently. And um, I'm not sure how good a player Josh Corbett is, but he certainly adds depth to their forward line. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Gold Coast have gone one out, one in because they pick up Tom Berry yesterday. Yep, and um, and bringing Cobb, Corbett today, so it's like, well, we bring him across from the Lions. Mm. So, yeah, they've got a depth player there as well. Um, both of them, I suppose, wanting to see where that can go. But the biggest, so that's the actual tangible move of the day. Yep, the more, um, well, the, the biggest step in what could unlock things, and I know we're guilty of always talking about what might unlock and mm. doesn't always happen, but. Asava Radigalia, um wanting to get to Port Adelaide and, and, and now it sort of it had been discussed it had been raised it had been mooted that he could be a player that's in the yep. in the offing but um, it had been sort of denied because they wanted to keep him but now he said no if I'm, I'm happy to go but I'm only happy to go there he's yeah that's yeah. absolutely right he's he's been a player who's obviously only played four games this year for the Cats who went on to win the Premiership there's not a lot a lot of opportunity to see for him the Cats had been keen to retain him because he is a great depth player because he's so versatile he can play in the ruck forward or yeah. back um, and they'd actually put out oh well Asava's got no intention of leaving but um, uh, yeah he definitely wants to get to Port Adelaide other clubs are interested in him other Victorian clubs but he's uh, he's Hopeful of getting Geelong to agree to the trade, which what, might. What's he worth? Well, it's a good question. There's there's some like late second round, third round type pick, which might actually facilitate or at least give Geelong some currency to um, uh, trade up to potentially get some um, draft picks that might satisfy Collingwood or GWS. It just adds to their draft yeah. capital rather than so actually it, making any huge difference. That's on Tanner Baroon and um, Ollie Henry. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, we all expect. Bruno will go for the Cats' first round pick at eighteen. Yeah, that's the They'll hang on to the seven. Yeah, well, but, they've got Jai Clark uh, that they're really keen on. Yeah. He's a local kid. Well, they're yet to actually meet with Gold Coast. I, I'd imagine that happens in the next day or so and formalise how that deal looks. I mean, they've said to the player they're interested in him. Yeah, and they're keen for him. Um, and they stressed that they were very keen for him before there was a suggestion of a pick seven involved. So, yep. very interested to see if pick seven's needed. Yeah, well, I think it's needed, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Suddenly the interest might drop off a little bit, but um, they're going to have to give back something. And I think you had uh, written in the paper today that they, a future second-round pick yeah. would have to go back to the Gold Coast yeah. for that deal to be done. And I suspect the AFL would want that to happen as well to make it a more realistic deal. Yeah, I don't think it can be a complete just hand him over. Yeah. They want some form of um, parity, and so there'll be, um, even though there's not, but it's... Um, yeah, it'll be a bit around that, so Geelong will be... I just had an image of them 
you know, when they um, put forward the player, Jack Bowes is now a Geelong player and they have him standing next to pick seven <laughs> in their social media when they send out the excitement of having Jack Bowes as a cat. Well, he's a top ten pick. I like him as a player. I've got nothing, but he's, he's forever going to be associated with the He's an interesting pick. player, isn't he? Because he started off, and I really liked him when he, his first couple of years, and he... But he just didn't seem to get enough of the ball. Like mm. he was when he was a midfielder, he'd do these good things, but you, and you're expecting him to go on, and he just sort of never. Yeah, he stagnated, of, didn't he? Yeah, and he never really imposed himself in games. And when he gets it, he does some really clever things. Mm. So I suppose the question for him is whether he and for them is whether they can tease that out of him and, yeah. and really bring that, get him more involved, and maybe in a, with better mids around him and a better you know change of environment. Older, Absolutely, I mean that'll happen. Yeah, I mean, he's been at the academy and then into the Gold Coast, and he's one of the reasons that he probably wanted to go to Geelong was to be in a tide that's winning a few games. Mm. It's tough playing in the Gold Coast mm. um, lineup when you're losing all the time, even though they're getting a lot better. But he's yeah. had a tough introduction. So Radigalia to Port, do you think that's going to end up being a really complicated? You know, there's been a lot of discussions around today with um, North Melbourne and Port Adelaide around. Jason Horn Francis, and yep. then um, West Coast also being involved. There was um, discussions around whether pick two could be yep. available and therefore used in a, a three-way deal. Could this become a four-way deal with Radical Air arriving? Or maybe not four-way, but Radical Air's arrival yep. um, having some impact on that. I don't think it will, except that um, uh, I'd be more likely that Asava going to Port Adelaide would have an impact on potential deals Geelong wanted yep. to get players in. The North Melbourne Port Adelaide and West Coast, obviously they're difficult when you've got uh, three teams, but I think North Melbourne and Port Adelaide are pretty comfortable roughly with where that deal looked. West Coast, uh, um, they're not unhappy about going back in this year's draft because some of the players at the top of the draft they see as flight risks. Yeah. So um, they're not necessarily going to um, use their pick two on a player that wants to have a long-term future with them. So they're happy to go back to pick eight, get a future first, which apparently next year's crop's got quite a few West Australians who are right near the top pointy mm. end of the draft. So it makes some logical sense there. But then we all know, and we saw the statement from West Coast, that there's a fair bit of angst around Junior Rioli leaving for Port Adelaide. So they're mm. not really in a... Well, certainly at certain um, administrative levels at the club, that happy to facilitate things for, for Port Adelaide, they might make them sweat a little bit. Yeah, they asked for some pretty strong names there. For yeah, well, they, they wanted Georgie Artis. They've been at Georgie Artis all year, um, but they certainly picked up the pace once Junior Rioli was going to Port mm. Adelaide. But Mitch Georgie Artis has no intent of leaving Port Adelaide. He's happy and, you know, he's a West Australian boy, but he's... He's just happy where he is. Mm. And mm. they've been asked, there's been reports, I haven't actually confirmed this, that they asked about Dan Houston, but he's another one that's um, comfortable and he's got a five-year deal. And Port Adelaide are adamant that they're not going to get Jason Horn francis in and lose Xavier Dersma or mm. Zach Butters or any of these Josh Singh, Miles Bergman, because what's the point of that? In a sense, they're well, trying to... you think one's better than the other. But no, yeah. exactly right. But they see them as, a, as players that are quality players. They've put Riley Bonner on the trade table, but it's hard to get a lot of activity or a lot of interest in Riley at this particular stage. He's still got a year to run on his contract. So, Yeah, yeah, but you can see that eventually panning out, and particularly I'll be interested to see what, what um, will come back 
Geelong uh, West Coast's way if it's yeah. not that because yeah. pick two is a pretty tantalising sort of option to try and get the the Francis deal done. Yeah, yeah. Francis deal done. Yeah, I don't think West Coast have been unreasonably wanting a player. I think nice. that's, that's perfectly reasonable. It's just that they haven't got a lot of players at Port Adelaide that are takers. So unless Port Adelaide try to do a Ryan Burton kind of scenario to to force someone into that trade, which they won't do. Well, it's, a, it's also a really hard one if you're going to say, give us, say it's Port's future first. Mm. Try to ascertain, well, where's Port actually fit? Mm. You know, they're bringing in, yeah, bringing yeah, in Horn Francis, right. but does he actually have an impact next year as yeah. a second-year player? Yeah. Is he a player that elevates them? Is Radicalier a player that elevates them? Is Junior Rioli the player that, that moves them from where they were? You'd think they're a top-eight team. You would, but you sort of thought they could and should be this year. Yeah, so. yeah. And if things go awry early, particularly with Ken Hinckley in the last year of his contract, things can quickly unravel or float along beautifully. Yeah. We'll move on to some listener questions. And Hudson um, asks... Any chance the Pies turn their attention to Lockie Whitfield after trading Grundy? Oh, it's a good question because uh, everyone knows the talent of Lockie Whitfield and he's struggled in the last couple of years, probably ever since he had that injury before the grand final. He hasn't seemed to be the mm. same. And didn't he have some training accident around his kidney or liver or something like something, that? Something yeah, like that, which, yeah. Is, which has held him back. Uh, I don't think there's any chance. I'm, you'd probably know better. Uh no, I don't think there is any chance. Um, he's contracted on very significant money. Um, if it's not over seven figures, it's it's knocking on the door. Yeah. Um, if you can knock on the door of figures, but yeah, yeah, he, if it's not over, it's it's close to it. Um, and it's for four, five more years. So I just don't see the money being possible. Um, and it's very late in the piece for, for a player of his type to be uh, mm. moved. Um, I think if he was amenable to it... Uh, I was think. it a real live possibility that he could have? Been I think there were a lot of there was a lot of discussion around yeah. it early in the tire kicking. Yeah, yeah, but he's happy, um, yeah. Yeah. and I think that just because of the size of the contract, very difficult one to do, and it's very difficult for. Mm. I think it's also a very difficult one for for GWS to do when they're getting rid of Hopper, not getting rid of. They they yeah. say they want him, but we know that their yeah. their salary cap's tight. That when they're already moving Toronto and Hopper out to then go. Whitfield, well, yeah, that may, that becomes very difficult. Could you do a salary dump with Whitfield or one of those players? Is that a possibility? Not at this late stage, yeah. I don't think. You could or should, hmm. but it's very. It's also very hard to turn around. Admittedly, um, Hopper's in contract. Taranto wasn't. Very hmm. hard to be trading Hopper and asking for two first round draft picks, then turning to Whitfield and say, turning to a club and saying, "Oh, you can have a pick yeah, yeah. to take Whitfield." That'd be a bit yeah. weird, wouldn't he's it? He's a really good player. He's a really good player, and yeah. there's be a there's a cure players that are interested in him if he was wanting yeah. to go, yeah. and I don't think they'd necessarily look at his salary salary dump, but they'd be yeah. interested in him if he were to leave. But I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, from Dan, do you think the Josh Dunkley trade will fall through? And from Jonathan, uh, why is Dunkley so desperate to leave? That is actually a very good question, given he tried to leave last year. Well. The first question, do you think it'll fall through? No, I don't think it'll fall through. I no, think, either do I. I think Brisbane will eventually um, satisfy the Bulldogs. I mean, never, no one's ever truly satisfied when you lose the best and fairest winner. Why is he so desperate to leave? Well, there's, there's a financial component to it that he's probably been underpaid in the last few years, but he did have a lucrative offer on the table from the Bulldogs, but he was already well down the track of thinking of moving into state. He's obviously got his sister 
in Queensland and his girlfriend who plays for Adelaide in the Super Netball, but she's from Queensland as well. And they've got a house in Noosa, the family, the Dunkleys. So um, all of those things combined. Yeah, yeah, um, made it an attractive option. And I think he wants to go to Brisbane, who are just as likely to win a flag in the next few years as um, the Bulldogs. And he also goes slots in all midfield. Like the the midfield depth at the Bulldogs has seen him play in all sorts of positions. But at Brisbane, he'll be number two. He'll take Jared Lyon's place straight away, won't he? So he'll be mm. right in shotgun next to Lockie Neal um, from the get-go. Yeah, Cam Rayner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple of Brody Grundy-related questions. That seems to be occupying a bit of attention. Mm. Uh, from Bear. Hello, Bear. Recently, Brody Grundy has had injuries in a drop of form. Um, presumably, there is some level of link between the two, but the drop of form was also there prior to the injuries, Bear says. I'm not seeing a huge value in his status as a prime ruckman in the circumstances. He seems to be a shadow of what he was prior to the big contract being signed. What are your thoughts? See, that's. I think I know Bear. Do you? <laughs> BJ. Yeah, yeah. No. BJ uh, McCain, his best friend. It's a good question, Bear. Um, look, there's a lot to unpack with the Brody Grundy thing. Let's just start with the contract saying that it was questionable to start with, giving a player of his. Um, well, a ruckman for a start and. His form at that stage was good. He was all Australian, no doubt about it. But seven years at um, close to a million dollars, nine hundred between nine hundred and nine fifty thousand, is not necessarily what you'd like to pay for a ruckman. And then he's had a couple of years where he probably hasn't performed consistently at the level. And then unfortunately, when when he got injured, Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox came in and and played roles in the way that Craig McRae wanted that role to be played, and. Therefore, they had the confidence to move forward potentially without Grundy. Yeah, I think um, at the time he signed it, he was top of his game and they were very close to a flag and they thought themselves still in contention. And they didn't want to do the length of deal. But, Mm. you know, we've all known their salary cap dumps of previous years and the salary cap troubles they've been in. They had to move money back and they had to move money around and, and to keep him and move the money, they had to do the length of deal they did. So... He's That's a good how player. that happened. He's I, a good I, player. Like, he is a very good player. Two-time yeah. All-Australian. Yeah. I think, yeah, his form dropped away. A uh, bit of COVID um, hub-type yep. influence in that. And then a PCL. So he's still a very good player. I'd actually be querying more of the, um, the Gorn fitness and whether or not they're looking at whether Gorn's body is going to hold up in the same way to play the role that he's been yeah, playing. Yeah, that's a good point. And that, that Grundy will actually be beneficial for that yep. perspective, so yeah, um, no, I don't think it's um, I don't th- I don't see it as a risk. Um, a different Dan asks um, <laughs> Collingwood are trading Grundy away with an astonishing five years remaining on his contract. Is this the longest contract that has ever been traded away by a club? Looking at the salary dump trades by the Suns and Giants this year, could trading away players who are still on lengthy contracts become the new norm? I'll answer the second part of that first and say yes, it will. That I think the Suns have stolen a march a bit on the competition this year with the salary dump um, you know we wrote about it pre the, the change in the rules pre mm. um, trade period and I think that clubs and the public now are more aware of just how significant the, the salary cap is and mm. managing the salary cap is to, to on field success and so getting a player getting saying the, you look at the the, the, um, the Suns right now they get, they've got rid of Bose. 
Yep. 800 grand for a year for the next two years. Fiorini's on 600 next year. Um, they would have put aside over 600 for um, for Isaac Rankin yep. for next year. You move out, that, that that's 2 million bucks out of their salary cap by moving, mm. say, pick seven and mm. getting a future second back. But you move move that pick out and you get 2 million bucks out of your cap. Well, that that by sacrificing that pick, that can actually mean that you may keep Mm. With that money, you may keep Ben Kings or, yep. or whoever, like you know, yeah, Locotius and those guys, yep. as they're coming out of contract, and as some of these other young, yeah, they've still got some good picks as some of these other players are coming through. So I just think it's plus my business. And I think a lot of clubs are now looking at it as well. I'm sure the Giants are looking at it, and thinking, you know, they've had two players that they've brought picks in for, but you know, their their caps heaving, and this is this is it's the other point of this whole period is that um, that that twin economy of yep. of the emerging states and well I was going to ask you that question Jake Noel wrote about this on yeah. Tuesday um, good piece from Jake relating to the two different sectors what do you think I mean is it a particularly with Bose going to Geelong it puts a puts a spotlight on it as well it does it feels like there's almost three economies like Geelong seems to because of the regional thing yeah they've got you know it's just an advantage and yep. it's not they don't have to apologise for it no but um, it well, is, they should a little bit. <laughs> and but GWS and and Gold Coast clearly have, you know, to pay more. And Gold, GWS in particular, it's not just, hmm. um, it's not just uh, players. They're struggling with getting coaches, yep. assistant coaches, the footy department. They they need more money up there in their soft caps. I think. By the way, they've got Ty Canelli today, which is a good get for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, Essendon picked up Travis Cloak and... Yeah. Um, help with goal kicking. Yes, certainly help with contested marking. Beautiful yeah. mark. Yeah. Um, as for the second part of Dan, the first part of Dan's question, whether it's the longest contract trade away by a club, I... Uh, probably would is. Would you say yes? It probably is. You know where my mind went to? The Fremantle I'd Dockers trading away... Uh, Matthew Lloyd for a couple of those players that they got back yeah, in. Yeah, they weren't on long-term deals. Delaney and so on. It just They weren't on long-term deals at here, but just some of the shocking moves you can make as a footy club and end up just changing <laughs> oh, your whole... That's a whole other podcast <laughs> going over all of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. From Chris, what are the OFL's powers in relation to blocking potential trades that aren't in the ballpark of like-for-like like value for both clubs? Obviously, I'm referring to Jack Bowes and Pick 7 for a future second-round pick. Well, Chris, that sort of does touch on... Um, that salary dump issue that we, the AFL did change the rules on um, prior to the um, trade period and alerted all the clubs to the fact that they recognise the value of removing money in the salary cap as significantly as they do bringing in the player or the players value themselves. I mean, but they're still you can't just they couldn't have just done yeah we'll take Jack Bowes and yeah. his contract. And the pick seven, and we'll give you nothing at all. The flip way of looking at it as well is if they didn't allow this, Jack Bowes doesn't have a home, and Gold Coast are carrying a player who's not playing mm. senior football for $800,000 a year for the next two years and have no hope of competing. Which and, is, and forever and today, we've say, we say, yeah, well, that's just bad management. It's like, well, yeah, yeah but yeah. give management the tools to make these changes. Cause yeah. um, you need to be agile and versatile. Or flexible. <laughs> I think people would be surprised at the number of clubs that are paying the way part of the wages of players at different at rival clubs. Yeah. Um, from Slivy, unusual. Do you think 
Sam Wiedemann should have requested a trade out of Melbourne? Uh, yes, I do actually, but I'm not sure he would have had a load of clubs lining up to yeah. take him. Um, but if there was an opportunity there, absolutely he should take it because he hasn't, and he's had plenty of opportunities. He played a great final series in 2018, but he just hasn't cemented himself in that side. I think he's one that may not have made a public request of it, but I think that it would have been an understanding. Yeah, I'm sure if a club went to Melbourne and said, we're interested in him, and the con- Melbourne would have a conversation with, with yeah. Sam. So, yeah, I'm not sure it was completely... I might be wrong. I may, may well have said, no, nah, I don't care. I want to stay here. But- well, Paddy Dow's done that until... Carlton's finally convinced him that he's probably so far down the pecking order it's, and they love him. Yeah. It's in your best interest, mate, to see if there's anything out there. Paddy Wow. Paddy Wow. Yeah. Um, Jonathan asks uh, if North Melbourne's... Are the North 2023 assistant picks going to be placed before or after their natural selections? Surely the AFL and clubs should know where they're going to be positioned in advance of North trading them on. He doesn't know the AFL very well, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to give you that sort of information. They're just going to have a look and see how things fall. Jonathan's error is thinking this through. Yeah, exactly. Clearly something we don't do in the AFL. (laughs) He's right. Yeah, he is right. Yeah. Do you know where they are? I've always just assumed after because every other compensation pick is... Yeah. Actually, no, that's not true. If you used to get the priority pick, it was before round one. Yeah. So your priority pick was pick one. So you could end up with Mm. two clubs with priority picks and they'd go one, two... Yeah, like Murphy and Pendlebury, I think, were in the same draft. Yeah, one, two, three. Well, Thomas was two and then... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I buggered that up. (laughs) (laughs) So good question, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, not to say the others haven't been, but, you know, hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Uh, from James, if the AFL is allowing greater fluidity in salary cap dump trades, as are they accounting for the salary in question to be renegotiated? If pick seven is used to offset the 800000 cap hit, what happens if Geelong or anyone else renegotiate the deal? They get the bonus without taking the cap hit. Well, yeah, no, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. That That is exactly what happens, James. So it goes out of um, Gold Coast. The 800 grand goes out of... Um, Gold Coast's um, salary cap. They basically rip up the contract, redo a new contract, and whatever they agree to pay goes into the Geelong salary cap. Yeah, and Jack Bowes gets an extra, say it's two years, I haven't been able to confirm this, but say it's a four-year deal that he's getting at Geelong, that he's getting, he would have been, <coughs> excuse me, getting $1.6 million over two years. He might be getting $2 million or two point one over four years. He gets an extra f- couple of years in the system. Yeah, I don't... Know entirely how it how it works, the mechanics of it work with, um, say, a Grundy or a um, Tom Mitchell, where you agree to pay a portion of their wage. So you might pay two hundred, or say in Grundy's yeah. sense, three hundred. If it is then renegotiated, or in Mitchell's case, he's got he's got two more years. You you you're in, sorry, another year. You renegotiate a four three year deal for him, mm. but Hawthorne's also paying a portion of it. I don't know where that fits as yeah, to whether or not it's. Question. Um, it comes off your renegotiated point or it just tops up on top of your renegotiated contract. So mm. uh, we'll try and find out about that. But um, yeah. Good questions. Yes, very good questions. Um, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, stay tuned to our live coverage and the best news and analysis at theage.com.au. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so via email, realfootypod at theage.com.au. Or if you'd like to get in touch with Pete directly, I can give you his direct phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, join the queue. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.